0: Welcome to Encompass Church Podcast. We are so glad you've joined us today. To share your story of what God has been doing in you and through you, take a moment to email us at amen at Enjoy today's message. Thank you. You can be seated. I just want to start by saying and not in a light manner or even just trying to be appropriate, but from the heart, what an incredible privilege this is today. Uh, I mean that sincerely. Very few transitions do it perfectly well. But this transition today, and I, though I don't know all the details personally because I haven't been involved, but I, I sense the groundswell of this thing having been done well. I sense the affirmation of God, and that is a, that's more important than almost anything, uh, because if he's happy, if he's pleased, that spells very good for the future, and, and pastors John and Lois, for all the years of friendship, thank you. That's going to continue. In fact, I'll probably harass you more, <laughs> um, and uh, so the great tribute to all of the years, and uh, pastors Jason and Alyssa, thank you for allowing us here today and be part of this. It's a great honor. And um, I got before my father yesterday and said, Lord, what do you actually want to say? And just wrote it down as he spoke to me. And some of you will remember that a few weeks ago I was here and I declared not knowing anything. I had no clue that John and Lois were handing over, or even contemplating, I knew nothing at all. But the Lord spoke and said, there's coming the beginning of a new era. You remember that? Yeah. And and the Holy Spirit had me declare at that time that it was a time of divine appointment. That this whole thing was a God thing. And so important that even though you may know it here, that you get a revelation of it here, this is not something that Pastor John Lois woke up one morning and said, you know what, we better... No, it wasn't that. It was the Holy Ghost. Yeah. And I believe that. I don't use my terms like that lightly. I know that I'm accountable for my words, but I know that the Holy Spirit of God spoke to them. It's a God thing. God initiated yeah. and God orchestrated. And that gives me tremendous confidence in the future and um, two things that I thought of that give me incredible confidence in the future that now lies ahead. Both for Pastor John and Lois and for Pastor Jason and Alyssa and for all of you. Two things sprung into my heart about that just flooded me with a great deal of confidence for the years that lie ahead. The first one, I've already said that this transition is God's idea. And he doesn't make mistakes. You know, he he created the entire universe, he can handle a transition. And it's God's plan and purpose. But you know, the second thing that fills me with confidence, for both couples in the future and for the entire congregation, that both these couples have one element that God finds irresistible. The Holy Spirit cannot resist. He's automatically drawn to like a like magnet, and that's humility of heart. I can see the humility. I know Pastor John and Lois, of course, years, humility and integrity, yes, their hallmark, but I sense it in my spirit of these two. And so, God's idea, humility of spirit, you just can't get a more confident future than that. And as I was just meditating on this transition, the Lord spoke to me about another transition that happened in the Bible. I'm not going to be long-winded preaching, but I think it's more like a prophetic springboard to say the things that God wants to say. But I was reminded of the transition between King David... And King Solomon. It just came to my mind quite quickly. And so there's a scripture I want to give you concerning King David, and then one concerning King Solomon, and then concerning the transition. But in Acts chapter 13 and verse 22, it talks about the moment that God chose David as king. Now, it's important for you to know and understand that in my story, in the story, David, on this occasion, is Pastors John and Lois. Okay? So so when we're talking about David, I'm talking about Pastors John and Lois. And so the verse applies to them now, firstly. And when he had removed him, that is Saul, he raised up for them David, John and Lois, as king to whom also he gave testimony and said... I have found David, John and Lewis, the son of Jesse, a man after my own heart who will do all my will. I'm telling you now I saw it was like a flashback in my spirit and I saw a day when God looked for a man and a woman for this church and he found them and their names were John and Lois, Spinella. And the integrity and the credibility that they have in the body of Christ and this church has in the body of Christ today is testimony to the fact that God chose the right couple and he's doing it again. Now, in 2 Chronicles chapter 1, verse 1, it goes from David to Solomon. And God says this, Now Solomon, the son of David, the spiritual son in this case, was strengthened in his kingdom and the Lord his God was with him and exalted him exceedingly. And then there's a third scripture because the third scripture now handles the actual moment when that transition took place in 1 Kings chapter 3. And in 1 Kings chapter 3 verse 5 and For those on the PowerPoint, we'll just take it one verse at a time. But 1 Kings chapter 3 and verse 5, at Gibeon, the Lord appeared to Solomon in a dream by night, and God said, "Ask what shall I give you." And I'll tell you what He's don't don't ask more. You're serving a God of the universe. Once you've established that you're a son and daughter of your father, you're not in it for yourself. Your your hearts are absolutely pure. He knows that. You know that. They know that. So you can afford to ask me. Okay? He's he's never going to be intimidated by the size of your asking. But in fact, there's another aspect to it. And I don't know that I've ever seen this before. But I realized that when God asked Solomon, as Jason, Ellison will listen now, ask what shall I give you? God was actually testing Solomon's heart because the answer to that question reveals the motivation of the heart. Motivation, what you do and who you do it for. And God was revealing the motivation of Solomon's heart. He was testing the heart. If God was going to make this man successful, this couple successful, what was going to be their motivation? What was going to be their response down the line? But Solomon's answer was completely selfless. His automatic instinct was for the well-being of God's people not for his own recognition, not for his own personal gain. And I know that God has seen this in, in this these two, Jason and Alyssa. He, once again, God has found somebody after his own heart. Now, I don't know them personally. I look forward to in the future if they still let 90-year-olds in the pulpit. Um, <laughs> but I, 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 I'm looking forward to the honor of that in years to come. But I don't know them, but I do know Pastor John and Lois. And I know they've got a very keen discernment of the human heart. They've been in it a little while. And they've got a good contact with the Holy Ghost. And so the very fact that they, after prayer and crying out to God, have selected these two as being the successors tells me a heap God's found two people after his own heart yet again. Verse 6, Solomon answers the question. You have shown great mercy to your servant David, my father, in this case spiritual father, because he walked before you in truth, in righteousness, and in uprightness of heart with you. You have continued this great kindness for him. And you've given him a son to sit on the throne as it is this day. My friends, every transition, if it's to stay online, if it's going to be what God intends it to be, for all concerned, a year from now and five years from now, will involve embracing the future but honoring the past. You have to honor the past in order to embrace the future. And in Solomon is of no doubt whatsoever in his heart and his mind. If you read it, that he that the reason he has ascended to the throne is not only recognition of his own divinely given call, which it is, the call of God on Jason and Alyssa is indisputable, but it was also fulfilling the cry of David to have a man after God's heart take over. He was honouring the heart's cry of David, his servant, who was a man after his own heart. And so it was a testament to King David's incredible walk with God that God listened to such a desire. Verse 7. Now, O Lord, my God, Solomon's continuing to pray, you have made your servant king instead of my father David. That's what's taking place. But I am a little child. I don't know how to go out or come in. And your servant is in the midst of... Of the, and Solomon, by the way, when Solomon made that prayer, he was a very much an adult man with, with wisdom and, and prowess and all of those things. But in his own eyes, he said, I feel like a little child, Father. And your servant, verse 8, is in the midst of your people whom you have chosen. A great people, too numerous to be numbered or counted. And that's prophetic for the future. Too numerous to be counted. We now see the reason in verse 7 8 why God and David had such confidence in Solomon as a choice. Why? Because when God gives him an open ticket, ask what I should do for you. There's no declaration of his own prowess. There's no declaration, I deserve this. There's no declaration, I'm glad you woke up, I'm the most gifted guy on the planet. There's none of that. There's this guy crying out in dependence for God, oh, Father. And God must have seen that in these two, or he'd never have chosen them. There's a cry in their heart. And as a congregation, I'm going to say to you this this morning, that you can rightly have confidence in their oversight moving forward, knowing that their leadership is actually coming out of a deep dependence on the Holy Spirit. Verse 9, Therefore, give to your servant an understanding heart to judge your people, that I might discern between good and evil. Boy, if there's ever been a day, folks, when we need discernment between good and evil. Thank God we've found a couple that know where the answers to those myriads of questions lie. It lies in the secret place, on your knees, crying out with that sense of dependence. Who is able to judge this great people of yours? And so once again, great sense of, of total dependence Solomon knew that even though as a king's son he would have been incredibly well trained he had brought up in the royal household Um, he was skilled in so many different areas but he didn't he wasn't aware of any of that because he knew something He knew that it wasn't his grooming, it wasn't his gifting, it wasn't his training, it wasn't all the preparation. That was not what was going to make him a great king. It was his cry for God. It was his dependence on God. His acknowledgement that on God alone he trusted. Verse 10, I love verse 10. The speech pleased the Lord. Pleased the Lord that Solomon asked this thing. And I'm not going to say this flippantly because that would be a shocking thing to do. And I could leave it unsaid and you'd never know I thought it. But I need to say it. When I was in my cabin yesterday, on my knees and just saying, Father, how do you see it? How do you, how do you actually feel? Now, I'm Irish. I was actually born in Ireland, believe it or not. No funny jokes. <laughs> but I almost felt Father bubbling over with such absolute delight that he almost broke into an Irish jig. I, I, I mean, I, literally, I'm not being flippant, I felt, I said, Father, how do you really feel about this? And it was like his heart was bursting. And I want to say, Jason, Alyssa, I don't know you. But he sees something in you that is causing his heart to leap. And as a congregation, you need to be very, very grateful for that. Then God said to him, or Jason and Alyssa, because you have asked this thing and have not asked long life for yourself, nor have asked riches for yourself, nor have asked for the life of your enemies, But I've asked for yourself an understanding to discern justice. Behold, I have done according to your words. See, I have given you a wise and understanding heart so that there has not been anyone like you before you nor shall any like you arise after you. That I will apply differently this morning. That's not because you're going to be the greatest guy in the kingdom of God. That is simply that you are unique. I felt God apply that a little bit of prophetic license, but I believe that's what God is saying. You're utterly unique. You, you, you're never going to be like John and Lois. And, and, and you'll never be like the one down the road. You're, you're unique. That's why he chose you. Don't, don't surrender your uniqueness. Don't, don't be pulled off to be a little bit more like that. or love. And well-meaning people will actually try to do that. Well meaning people say, maybe you should be, maybe you could stay true to yourselves because who you are right now is what God got attracted to. So stay with it. Verse 13 I have also given you what you have not asked, both riches and honor, so that there shall not be anyone like you among the kings all your days. Verse 14. So if, one of the biggest singular words in the kingdom, if, when you see an if, every eyeball needs to wake up. If you, if, if, if you walk in my ways, in other words, if you keep the existing humility of spirit to keep my statutes and my commandments as your father David walked, keep in the example of the legacy and the inheritance you have gained then I will lengthen your days you see humility makes that possible one of the great tragedies in the church I've been preaching now for 56 coming up 57 years yeah I I know all of you thought I was about 42 right, but (laughs) turning 76 in October. So I've seen a few things. I've witnessed a few things. And one of the great tragedies in the church is transitions that don't go exactly like God intended, and it's normally because of two reasons. One, because the outgoing senior leadership sigh a sigh of relief and say, thank God that's finished, let's out of here, you know, and they never think about them again. Well, I know that's never going to happen. You, you people are just so embedded in their hearts, they'll, they'll love you for eternity. Or the other reason is because of the insecurity of the incoming leadership that won't allow them to receive the ongoing fatherhood and motherhood of those that God's given them, but I know that's not going to be the case. When 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 I handed when Margaret and I handed our local church over to the person that was successor, when we did the exact same, very similar, not with all the fantastic uh, symbols, I to... How many enjoyed that? I I, I kind of I want to. I'm glad this is going to be recorded. I'll I'll tell people, here's what you ought to do. Okay. Um, But I remember when we handed over, and I felt to give this story to you, very brief. We look for a person with God's own heart, humility of spirit. But you said something this morning, John. You said, and from this moment on, you quote some scripture, from this moment on, the spirit of the Lord came. And Jim Shaw was a gentle-hearted soul, beautiful man of God, and his wife was, a lady, so beautiful in God. But a lot of people didn't think they had the authority and the clout to, to take that to the next level. But from the very moment we put them in office, something happened, something shifted, and they became this incredible leader and then then they became apostolic in the nation and in nations overseas. Their work in the Netherlands amazing uh, and a whole movement of churches, New Life churches, well over hundred churches, uh, um, put the responsibility of leadership development and training their pastors uh, uh, to Jim and that turned out to be apostolic leaders. But still referred to Margaret and I as dad and mum. And then about 10 years ago, they got released to the body. And on that day, Margaret and I were over there, and on the, on the platform was three, three uh, stages of senior leaders. Margaret and I were there. Jim and Alec were there. The new couple, Stephen and, and Susan, were there, and, and we passed the baton. We passed the baton and gave it to them. And you know what? We're going back there in a few weeks' time for the 50th anniversary of the day that Margaret and I founded that local church and started it from scratch with nine people. Now, here's my point. Fifty years later, three successive baton changes of senior leaders, and we're all still absolutely best friends loving each other receiving from each other connect with each other communicate with each other and I guarantee angels are doing a jig this this has been a great day and and the fruit of it will be ongoing for years decades generations because it's been done so well. And I have promised that I would not preach long, so a man must be a man of his word. I'm going to close with four. Now, they didn't do that deliberately to get rid of me. No. Um, I've got four points of advice for the congregation. As an old grey hair that's been around a while. Number one, embrace your new leadership without comparing them to previous days. They are unique. Yes. Number two, release Pastors John and Lois to the new day that God has for them. I'm here today, God tomorrow. But please, Resist the urge to try and involve them in discussions that may arise from time to time in the leadership or the church or the congregation. When I handed over to Jim, I got up in front of the congregation because many of them were founding members that Margaret and I started the church with. And they never knew any other pastor but us. And so I said, let it make it clear. My role today goes from being senior pastor in this local church to being a father to Jim and Annika. So if you come to me and ask me, what do you think about what did, I'm only going to give you one answer. Whatever Jim and Annika say, I agree with. That's ended every discussion. Because the baton has been handed over. So embrace them, but release them. Number three, realize that there will be changes in the months and years ahead. There may well be, and I'm not prophesying this, but may well be changes in structure, even, or personnel, or strategies. Again. Fight the urge to compare. Embrace the changes of all your heart and be a meaningful part of the new territory that God is going to empower you to take. Number four, actively pursue. I really want to get this as I close. Actively pursue the building and maintaining of unity. Satan fears it. He's read the Bible where there was unity, be it in the upper room or be it anywhere else in the whole context of the Bible. The moment God's people were in unity, powerful things, miraculous things began to happen. Satan fears it and will always make it a primary target. But he will miserably fail if you all have the resolve to love one another whether you agree or not, to love one another, whether there's questions or not, to stand shoulder to shoulder and heart to heart regardless. Unity is the key to fresh conquest, successful conquests. This church is going to impact the world in the next decade or two, globally. I know it. But a key part of that will be the, the hub being in such unity and synergy that there's no force of hell that can touch that. I've got to close. Pure heart and unity assures that this church will achieve God's objectives. You, friends, you have an incredible future lying ahead of you. Reach out and embrace it together. Let me pray for you. Father, We thank you, Lord, for the remarkable day this has been. We sense, Father, the great joy in your own heart. And, Father, we declare that this people will be a people of incredible passion for you and love for each other. We declare that their unity will be a powerful kingdom extending force that no devil in hell can destroy. We declare your favor and your provision. We declare that up through the ranks there will burst forth the Joshua spirit in a most incredible way. And Lord, that pastors Jason and Alyssa will feel the weight and the mantle, but also the joy and the celebration Of been led by your Holy Spirit and knowing the favour of their Father's heart. We thank you, Father, in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. God bless you. Thanks for listening to this week's message from Encompass Church. If today's message has impacted you and you want to give your life to Jesus, if you need prayer or if you want to get connected to the church, please contact us at office at encompass.org.au. Never miss a moment by following us online. Search for Encompass Church on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram.